So this might be a record for the shortest time between interviews here on Film Music Media, but once again, I'm honored and excited to chat with the supremely busy and in-demand Tom Holkenborg, uh, also known as Junkie XL. Tom just recently scored Run All Night, and uh, we had a fa fascinating chat about that. Um, now he has the long-awaited addition to the Mad Max franchise, Mad Max Fury Road, which sees him team up with auteur director George Miller as Mad Max is brought to a modern audience. Tom has three awesome upcoming projects, including Kill Your Friends, starring Nicholas Holt and James Corden, Black Mass, starring Johnny Depp, and Point and the Point Break remake. Uh, Tom, thanks so much for chatting again. Thanks. So we've you know we chatted a few times now. Um, so if anyone who's listening right now wants to hear some other great interviews with Tom, you can go to filmmusicmedia.com. But let's jump right into Mad Max. So uh, I wanted to say first of all, I love 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 the score. It's been I've been listening to it on a loop for days now, uh, and it's really I think a perfectly structured action uh, extravaganza. So. Um, I mean, I love it, man. It's it's, it's really good. <laughs> um, but uh, so let's, so, how did this whole thing be began? I know the film has been in development for a while, and I think one time John Powell was circling the project. It got delayed. So, how did you get introduced to to George, and what were those first meetings about the film? Well, um, it happened like this. Um, I was wrapping up uh, Three Hundred Lies of an Empire uh, late July two thousand thirteen. And I get this phone call from Darren Hickman, who's the vice president at uh, Warner Brothers, uh, the music department. And he's asking me, so, hey, Tom, what are you, what are you doing tonight? And I said, um, well, you know, I'm just wrapping up this film, but I should be out of here by, by 6 o'clock and take my wife to dinner. And he's like, no, you're not. You're flying to Sydney. And I said, so what am I supposed to do in Sydney? And he says, well, I'm here with George Miller. And that, that's when it hit me. He was like, oh, man, he's talking about Fury Road. Um, <laughs> And then before I knew it, I was in a plane, I arrived in Sydney, I got picked up by Darren, and he said, so yeah, we're going to George Miller's studio, but first you're going to see the film. So totally jet-lagged, uh, I barely slept on the plane. After 17 hours of flying, I was thrown into this theater to see this movie that had no beginning, no end, but it was still two and a half hours long. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there completely dead-lagged, and I was like, what the hell am I seeing? You know, it was so crazy. The movie started with the shot of the guitar player. You know, that's how the, how the movie started. Right. And um, because the beginning wasn't there, and the ending wasn't there. And it was, it was mind-boggling. So then I met George Miller very briefly. We had this great conversation, you know, initial conversation, and he said, well, why don't you just sleep over it, and then let's talk tomorrow and just see what you what your ideas are. Uh, so I went back to the hotel. I was so excited that I couldn't sleep and I came up with all these ideas. And the next morning at nine o'clock, uh, I sat down and George was an extremely good listener. So he just sat down backwards in his chair, very comfortable. And I was talking for two hours on end what I thought the movie needed uh, and, and my approach to this whole thing. After two hours of listening, he stood up and he said, he gave me a handshake and he said, I want you to be the composer on this film. And that was that. And wow. I flew back home. I was only away for 48 hours and I was sitting at night with my wife drinking a wine and I was, what just happened to me? <laughs> <laughs> didn't, I remember we talked last time, didn't he initially envision it as a scoreless movie and like he, he thought there shouldn't be music at first, but he... I guess change his mind. Yeah, exactly. Right. He um, he um, he had um, his idea was just to have 
car noises and a little bit of that guitar player and mm-hmm. a little bit of the, the taiko drummers at the back of the truck, and that would be it. Wow. And, um, and that's, you know, was still somewhat our approach when we started, but then, you know, he got so excited about the music and we, we really got into this collaborative uh, nature of getting this film done. I mean, mind you, we're talking now the first week of August 2013. This movie comes out to Thursday, you know? Yeah. Wow, that's uh, a long time. So we, we worked on it for uh, 18 months or more. And it was very collaborative. I went to Sydney multiple times. The last time I went was 11 weeks I packed up my studio, we flew it out, the assistants went with me, music editor, the whole family, mixers, and we camped out there. And every day he sat next to me and we constantly worked on the music and, and, and the film. And it was true collaborative in the sense that if I would write a cue, he would get inspired by it to do something else to the picture. And then I would get the picture back and I was like, oh, but if you're doing that, I'm going to be doing this. And then he was like, oh, that's interesting. If you're doing that, I'm going to be doing this. And so we went back and forth multiple, multiple times and inspired each other what needed to be done. Because, I mean, when you listen to the score, I mean, you can just tell it seems like it, it, the music was almost, in, you know, standing on its own in such a way that I feel like it that you had to work really close with the edit where the edit was probably shaping around your music. Was that the case? It was, it went both ways. It went both ways. So, um, and and that, you know, that's the, that's when to me working on a film becomes really interesting, you know, when you inspire each other and, uh, it's, it's, um, it's remarkable. Uh, you know, um, you know, you do, a lot of interviews with composers, but I, I, I don't think in your recent history you'll find a composer that was on a movie for 18 months. Yeah, you know, it's, true. it's like It's true. It's, it's very like rare. a few weeks or a couple of months at most. Um, and uh, it's great to work such a, you know, it, it's great to work so long on a, on a, on a, on a film. It's try stuff. Um, but on the other hand, it's, it's very tiring too, because you're, you're listening to the same cues for 18 months, and it, yeah. it's, it's really hard to take a fresh perspective on it. Um, but that's where the true magic of George Miller steps in. He has this unique way of energizing the, pro- the project constantly. And then when you, when you talk to him, you really want to go back and just you know, work on it again. Mm-hmm. And I think what connects George and me a lot is a few things. Um, one is our sense uh, for detail. Um, uh, I'm so precise and detailed about the things that I do that I drive my assistants absolutely to madness. Uh, I drive orchestrators to madness. Uh, I uh, drive mixers to madness. Um, and it's, it's, it, it's what I am. I can't help it. <laughs> and, uh, and George is exactly the same way, you know, with his film. So we understood from one another, you know, our process of getting, you know, to the, to the end. Uh, secondly, we both are very curious human beings. Like um, we're constantly looking for answers for certain problems or right. we're curious to know how things work. So we constantly would analyze whatever we did for this film, why it is working or why it's not working. And if it is working, could we apply that logic further down in the film to a different scene? Um, and it was, that's, you know, those things are really, really important. And, um, The third thing is we both have a strong uh, interest in uh, mathematics. Uh, I use mathematics in a way to structure my my music, my rhythms, my harmony. Uh, George does the same thing with uh, film editing. 
And um, so, you know, those things together really connected, really strong bond between us. And you can tell just from listening to the score how calculated and structured it is. And I, and I talked about it in my review. I said, you know, it's not, it, it, it's loud and, and big and, and bold, but it's never chaotic and it's never uh, all over the place. It's so structured where the, the, the arcs, everything, I mean, it, it hits you and it hits you emotionally too. I mean, I've, I have chills, I had tears, you know, during certain moments. So it, 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 it worked. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Um, That's a wonderful compliment. Um, so, I mean, c clearly uh, the visual style of George, you know, must have played a huge role in influencing the sound and, and the, the emotional pull and everything. But you also have this great central uh, motif. I guess you could call it the main theme. It's that spiraling kind of downward uh, string flutter that we hear in the trailers. You know, what was, the yeah. what was the idea behind that? What, would, what made that perfect for kind of the core? Well, we needed, we needed something for, uh, for Max that would understate uh, the fact that he's a really troubled character. Mm -hmm. um, he, um, it, you know, eventually through the film, he starts collaborating with, um, with uh, Furiosa and the women, but that's not only until we're you know, in the last act of the film. Right. Um, until, until that happens before that, we, um, we're just wondering... Who this who this person is, um, and we we see that he's haunted by very bad memories, and we see these really crazy flashbacks of people that he promised he would save, but he didn't. And we could we could assume that it, you could almost assume that this movie chronologically happens after um, Thunderdome, where Max is still kind of young. Um, he's already you know. Um, painted for life because he lost his, uh, his wife and kids. Um, but um, now we're so many years down the road and he probably has been captured multiple times, tortured. He wanted to save people, but he wasn't successful. And, but he always saved himself. And that's how the movie starts. I have only one instinct and that's survive. Right. And um, that's his basic instinct. So, we needed some music that could come back throughout the score that underscores that character side of him. And George and I both love the late 40s, 50s, and early 60s in film scoring, but also classical music that was written in that time. Um, you have great pieces uh, written by Bernard Herrmann, who was um, Hitchcock's guy. Right. And in a way, you know, that string riff, but also when... Um, Friosa's meeting up with the women um, in the two-thirds into the film where the music gets really uh, melodic and, and very harmonic with uh, nice strings and, and some woodwinds. Um, those two areas, you know, are very much an homage to uh, film scoring from, from that time period. And it's beautiful. I, you know, it, is to have, it does take this kind of a emotional turn and it and that's why I love the story. You know, it's it's big, bold, and brash for the action, but uh, it really hones in on those emotional cores with the more subtle you know, harmonies. Um, and at any point, did you reflect back on what Brian May or Maurice Jarre did in the original trilogy? Was there anything from the original no. musical groundwork that influenced you? No, but also George was very specific that that you know he didn't want that. Right. So it was starting a completely brand new kind of. Yeah. This is like a new. This is like a new chapter. Max is a different person now. Uh, the setting is, is, is different. And it's also, um, I mean, 
part of the PowerPoint presentation that I gave him, you know, that specific morning when I, when I laid out my idea for the score, I think the first thing that I said, this movie needs an insane rock opera. <laughs> and, and, um, and, 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 and George was like smiling when I said that, because, you know, it is what that is, you know, uh, and the movie, it's it, it, it's screaming for it. Oh, absolutely, and, uh, yeah. And well, when I when I saw the film, you know, when you see that scenery, you you can't get away with uh, with a cello and a flute. You know, it's not <laughs> going to work. <laughs> no, and it's and I and I love uh, the way I describe it now to people is you know the sound of the music. It's like wet, gritty, meaty. I kind of describe it as like kind of pulling meat off a juicy steak off the bone. You can feel all the connective tissue, the juices, the flavor. I know it's a, probably a weird way to describe music, but that's no, how... But I mean, that makes, <laughs> that makes so much sense. No, and, and I know you're a man who loves to experiment with sounds. Were there any techniques or styles you experimented with here to get certain effects? Oh, yeah, there was a lot of experimentation on the sound. So, for instance, um, because the... the um, these people are so primal, in their in their in their behavior, um, that um, I sampled a lot of animals um, wow. and just did a lot of sound design on them and time stretched them so they're throughout the score. And sometimes they work like a crash cymbal. Sometimes they work like a downbeat of a of a drum, but it's like the you know this really yeah. weird animal sound. Um, then um, I used a lot of um, um, sound design done on um, metal instruments and metal objects because the only thing that we see throughout the film basically is sand and cars mm -hmm. um, and a burning hot sun. So it, it, it doesn't get more uh, painful technically as that. You know, the metal is, is, is super, super hot because of the hot sun and the sand is hot too and it, 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 it doesn't do anything for you. And... Uh, so I took a lot of metal objects and sampled them and created drum rhythms out of them. I created uh, string instruments out of them. I created guitar instruments out of them uh, and then used them, you know, as part of the score. So it's so multi-layered. Uh, even even when, when we were mixing the film on the dub, like the music editors were saying, like, we've never seen sessions like this. You know, hundreds and hundreds of tracks and and. It all makes sense when you play it at once, but when you go through them one by one, it, it's like so many little detail sounds. But if you take them out, you miss something. Uh, and um, it was, you know, it was very, very interesting to spend so much time on that. And and George loved it too. You know, the more detail we put into it, the more excited he got. That's fascinating. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. Will you share any of the animals you sampled, or do you want to keep those secret? <laughs> Well, for starters, my dog. Your dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. It's personal, personal, uh, you know, solo from your family. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, let's see, Harry. Um, okay, I kind of lost my track here. Let me just. <laughs> um, also, another huge part of the score, of course, is the percussion. And my God, the percussion here is tremendous. I mean, and it. It, when and a lot of the scores kind of at least the action scenes are built around those rhythms. So do you did you start with the percussion and then build kind of the shape around the rhythms of that? Was oh, that sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't. But I, I did I did start with the percussion because the first scene that I saw uh, was the the crazy guys on the truck playing those taiko drums mm. and, and the guitar player right in front of it. Um, so 
George and I agreed when after the meeting uh, we had, it's like, so what would you do first? And I said, well, let's first work on the sounds, the tribal sounds of these war boys. And um, so that's what I did first. So the, the cue that's on the CD, I think it's called Blood Bag. Right. Um, that's the, that's the, the, the very first cue that I wrote um, to get that tribal drums uh, and the guitar right. Later on, the action music uh, in the film, um, I just started writing for strings and brass first, and then later you try to figure out what, what drum rhythms would go with it, you know, to constantly have that tribal feeling throughout the tracks. It, yeah. The only because it, it you have you seen the film? No, I'm seeing it uh, on Wednesday. Okay, well you you you'll see when you see the film why this all makes sense and um, there's um, there's a why the, the score demanded it needed to be like that because there there's only one real scene in the film where where these guys are not part of and that's when. Um, Furiosa meets up with the, the many mothers, um, but all the other scenes, the, it's constantly cutting back and forth between the war party chasing them in the truck and then they're trying to get away. And uh, it's it's one big massive chasing. And the you know the the big challenge that that George and I have is like how do we make this exciting and interesting and storytelling you know, over two hours. And, um, and that's why you need 18 months to try things out and right. throw, throw stuff out. You know, like, oh, yeah, I did work on it for a few weeks, but it, it's got to go <laughs> because <laughs> we have better ideas. And do you see those guys in the trailer? I mean, the, the guitar and the taiko drums. So is, yeah. is the score, uh, is it branching into the world of the film? Is it becoming uh, a kind of diegetic sound where you're scoring those guys and it kind of transfers back into the score around, you know, yeah, so the so the so the drums and the guitar, uh, they they almost feel like source music when you see the drummers and when you see the guitar. Right. Um, but then it's constantly part of the score, so it's not like we see the guitar player and we hear some guitar and then the guitar is gone. Okay. Um, it, it it it's like constantly it, it's constantly lingering around because you know obviously that guy is playing in front of a truck and that truck is constantly driving right. with all the other cars, so. If you were to be in a car, you would constantly hear a guitar player. Right. Wow. That's. <laughs> well, I can't wait. I mean, it sounds. I mean, and also the the embargo was lifted today. The reviews are coming in, and they're all positive. So congratulations! It seems like everybody is responding uh, amazingly to the film. And I I could go on for hours talking, but I know. Uh, you know, I could talk about this score forever. I really love it, but um, I just wanted to <laughs> to say thank you so much, uh, Tom, for your time today. And uh, it's really amazing stuff. And uh, I can't wait for all the stuff in the future so we can talk again. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, man, and, and your wonderful review. Oh, and no problem. All right. Take care, Tom. Bye. Okay. Bye, Kaya.